Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. What's up, River of Life? How you doing today? Uh, so good to be coming to you once again. This way, I'm just reading some of your comments here and just welcome you on. Uh, as you uh, are there worshiping with us there at your home or your deck or patio or wherever you may be. Um, as you can see, we're doing something a little different today. And I'm just reading your comments and just want to welcome you back in here. How many's ready for the word today? If you're ready for the word, drop that in the comments there. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, and of course, if you're watching us on our website, not able to uh, comment, but you're still participating. Amen. You just got to say amen a little bit louder. By faith, I just trust that you are... Uh, receiving the word and and things like that. So we got Jeff and Tammy watching us from South Carolina. Hey guys, and uh, we finally got a little bit of your weather up here in Michigan, and uh, it's good to see so many of you. Good morning, Carissa. Yes, there's River of Life people. What's up? Hey, all right. Good to see you. We have uh, someone from New York watching us, Martina. I don't want to mispronounce your name, but welcome. Good to have you with us today. And listen, uh, how many's ready for the word? You ready for the word? Go over with me to 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. And it's going to be a lot different today. I just want to share from my heart. Uh, and so we're not going to have a PowerPoint and all of that. But uh, while you're, you're going over to 2 Samuel 6, I just want to give some shout outs uh, this week. And uh, we got a, one of our grandmothers, my adopted grandmother, uh, in the church this week is having a big birthday. Uh, Grandma Priscilla is turning 92 this week. So let's all share her some love. If you're on Facebook, why don't you send some of those hearts up real quick, give some love to her. Say happy birthday, Grandma. She was born in 1928, y'all. I mean, that's a long time ago. And uh, spoke with her not too long ago. She's doing fine. She said she hasn't left the house. And uh, we want to Best wishes for her, and say happy birthday to Grandma. I miss all of you, and uh, also want to give a shout out to all the men that came out this week and worked. And you know, the weather is is changing here, so Amen. How many's happy for that? So we're able to uh, do some yard work. So we had some folks out here at the church helping the house of God look good. And just want to say thank you for all of you that did that. You know who you are. It was it came out Thursday, I believe. We had some here, and then yesterday had a. We kept it under 10 people and uh, came out and seen about 10 of our guys doing some landscaping and some work here on our property and uh, got to hang out with you guys for a few minutes. And I love how you all just gathered around me and just prayed for me and the leadership at River of Life. And I want to say thank you for that. And we, we, uh, we feel your prayers and I know you're here with us today. Amen. Yeah, I see the grandma love coming up in here in uh, on YouTube there. So... Um, Wherever you're watching from, especially out of Southeast Michigan, drop it into the comments. Let us know where you are. We really get encouraged by um, reading those comments and seeing who is participating in this different season that we are in. Well, I am standing right now in our future cafe at this beautiful building that God has blessed us with. And um, uh, I, this is one of my favorite spots in the building. And I love on Sunday mornings, usually I'm in my office right across the hallway there, and I'm going over my message and getting prayer in prayer and, and meditating on the Word. And I love looking out and watching the worship team walk up and down the hallway as they go into their prayer room and get ready for service. And 
Um, you know, there's just something about being here in the building, and many of you that have been able to stop by uh, or say the same thing. And, um, and so uh, I, I got a message for us today that's going to kind of go with where we are right now. Um, I, I had a different message planned for this Sunday, and it was going to be talking about getting back to it, you know, as we start opening up and the country is starting to open back up again. We're planning on reopening the church. Uh, and then we got a little bit of a setback uh, happen last week. And so I told Pastor Steve, I said, let's do something different, man. I want to just speak from my heart. We're not going to have a PowerPoint and all of that. Uh, and I'm reminded of this story in 2 Samuel where David felt a little bit of that same frustration, that same even anger and uh, intention. There's a lot of that happening right now, especially in the state of Michigan. And so I want to speak to that right now. And so here I am in the cafe and it's coming together nice, and pretty soon we're going to be having, you know, fellowship in here, and and the floor just has to get done, and a couple other little things we're putting together. The equipment came, and we're ready to go, and I just can't wait for this thing to be filled with just the people of God, just us hanging out, fellowshipping, talking about the Lord, uh, not just on service nights, but off throughout the week, out on the patio, and uh, it's just beautiful. It really is. It's going to be such a highlight of the ministry here, but not only just for Christian, you know, just for fellowship, it's also, we're going to use this for ministry. We're going to be doing a T-cell ministry, teaching English as a second language from here into the community, and so uh, we can't wait for that to be able to just offer that and be a blessing uh, to our community, and uh, so it's coming, and then it's going to be tied in with our missions because we are very missional, amen, and um, and so by the way, I just want to give you an update. Uh, thank you for your, your giving. Uh, our, our, many of you have just continued to give to our missions, and so don't have a lot of time because we don't have services no more to give you a lot of updates, but let me just tell you that we've been able to bless all of our missionaries, and for the month of April, we doubled their support uh, for the month of, of April, and so I just wanted to bless them uh, as they're still doing ministry as well all over the world. And uh, we just wanted to be a blessing to them. So I want to say thank you. We, we did that because of your, uh, your faithful giving uh, to the missions. And so we were, we were able to do that. So everything we do here is going to continue to, to be um, missional. That's what we're called to do. We are the church. Amen. And so, yeah, I can't wait for this, uh, this ministry to get running and to get back. And so to get back to what I was saying, we were planning on reopening. We do have a plan in place. And we were going to begin to announce how that's going to look. Uh, and then, you know, we had that announcement uh, from our governor, and it looks like we're going to be, on a, the mandates are going to have been extended. And so, you know, it reminded me of this story in Second Samuel. And uh, again, I don't have it on the screen today, so I need you to get your Bibles. If you've got it on your phone, if you're out on the patio, if you're in the yard, wherever you are, um, follow me along in Second Samuel chapter 6. Uh, as we revisit this story, because it reminded me of this situation. You know, I always say, find yourself in the Bible. Uh, well, here, here it is. I practice what I preach, and I found myself uh, here in this situation. Uh, this is a King David in this chapter. It's a, it's a big, it's a huge event. King David is getting ready to be inaugurated as the new king of Israel. So Jerusalem is packed with thousands of people. And David is, the first thing he did is he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the temple, into downtown Jerusalem. And for those of you that may be watching that are not familiar with what the Ark of the Covenant is, you, 
you maybe re remember the uh, Indiana Jones movies, okay? That's what it was, actually. It was a, it's, it's a, a big box. And in the Old Testament, it represented the presence of God. Just like in the New Testament, a cross, um, it represents what Jesus did on the cross. It's not God. We don't worship the cross, but it represents what Jesus did. It's a symbol. In the Old Testament, it was this box. And the box was made out of wood, which represents man. And it was overlaid in gold, which represents divinity. So there's all kinds of symbolisms in the Old Testament that are teaching us about what God is going to do in the New Testament. And the presence of God we know now is in us. We are the temple of the living God. Come on, somebody needs to put that in the comment. I am the temple of the living God. Uh, and, um, and so that's what the Ark of the Covenant represented. And as long as Israel had the Ark of the Covenant in, in, in their um, capital, there in their temple, God would bless them. And that's the same way with our lives. As long as we have the presence of God front and center in our life, God's going to bless us. He'll bring us through it. We're going to have our ups and downs. Israel still had their battles. But God brought him through because his presence was there. So this is what David is doing. This is a huge event. He's bringing the temple, or he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant there in, into the temple. And follow along with me, or you can just listen in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And by the way, I, I, would, I would title this, this little, it's not going to be long today, but this little thing that's on my heart, I would title this, uh, Just a Little While Longer. Just a little while longer. Come on, tell somebody next to you there on the couch, say, just a little while longer. You got somebody in the house that's really getting antsy and frustrated and ready to go, tell them, just a little while longer. And that's what God spoke to me, and that's what happened here uh, in this story. But it had some serious moments in it, as you're going to see here. And so in verse 6, it says, And when they came to Nachon's threshing, threshing floor, that's this guy's house right in front of his house named Nachon, another man named Uzzah, how many love the Bible names? Okay, this man named Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God, and he took hold of it because the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And he called the name of that place Perez Uzzah to this day, which means an outbreak. So David was afraid, next verse, verse 9, David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So as I stood there and I, I watched that, and I read this, verse 8 stood out to me, and it says, and David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak. David became angry because of the outbreak. And he was fearful, and that's where a lot of us are even especially here in Michigan. A lot of anger, a lot of tension, a lot of division. This thing is going on longer than we anticipated. And so I know I am. It's got some anger in me. I'm, I was a little upset with the situation. I ain't going to lie. And this is a huge setback, and it's like going on, and our college students and high school students, and you just know what I mean, man. And that's, that, that's, where, that's where David was. David didn't see this coming, and he was upset. He got angry at this setback because it went a little longer. And as you look through the Word of God, you'll find people all in the Bible who 
uh, got a little angry and got a little discouraged and are feeling the same way we're feeling because God did something that they didn't expect. It was unexpected. You find this in, in John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a, is a good example. He was a man that when Jesus came on the scene, John said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was on fire. He got excited. He got just, you know, this is, this is the season. This is the time when Jesus is going to come make everything right. I mean, this is it. You know, this is where we are. This is 2020. This is our year. This is my year. I'm going to do this. I mean, you know, and that's how we were feeling just a few weeks ago. This thing's starting to lift, you know, the flattening of the curve, and we're starting to get back, you know, and then, and then a little another setback. And John the Baptist began to see that Jesus didn't, overthrow Rome. In fact, he was headed to the cross. And even John got a little discouraged. And he, he said, he sent a letter to Jesus and said, Jesus, are you the Messiah or should we wait for another? Isn't that amazing? You know, sometimes God will offend your mind to see what's in our heart. Sometimes God will offend our mind just to check our heart. And that's what happened here with John the Baptist. And Jesus went on to say, blessed is he who's not offended in me. And so listen, man, maybe something has happened in your life and my life uh, that has caused us to be a little offended at God. You know, you can be angry at God. You know, something could happen the way that you didn't think would happen. It may have nothing to do with COVID. It may be something before this pandemic that, you know, you had something happen to you that you didn't expect. And you find yourself like David, like John the Baptist, like so many, where you're a little angry at God. Let me tell you something. I mean, let me, let me give you permission to go ahead and have that conversation with God today. See, that's why I love the Bible. The Bible is real. The Bible is transparent. There's nothing hidden in the word of God. That's one of the ways that you can prove that the Bible is inspired of God. Because if it was full of fables and made up things, you wouldn't have moments where people revealed their being so vulnerable and have also written about their, their downtimes and their struggles, right? And, but no, it's filled with people that are feeling the same way we are. It's beautiful out. Our weather is changing. We're ready to get back to work. We're ready to get back to life. We had this setback, and I don't know about you, but I became angry at this outbreak. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about today? But here's the thing. It's one thing to get, you know, angry and fearful, but this situation actually was a tragedy. There was a man that actually died and lost his life. This was, this was a little bit more serious. And so it says in verse 10, so David would not, move the Ark of the Covenant with him. He didn't want to bring the Ark of God with him. So let, let, let me just say this. See, see, a tragedy will either bring you closer to God or it would drive you away. Hear that. A tragedy, or if, if it's a, a big enough setback, it will drive you away from God or it would bring you closer to him. And for here, for King David, at this moment in his life, it kind of drove him away. And maybe you've got something going on in your life where a situation has happened and, you know, you, you've, it could have been this COVID thing or something else. And it's, allowed, it's putting a wedge between you and God. Let me tell you something. Don't fall for that. Don't allow the enemy to put a wedge between you and God. Don't let this thing that has happened, even this little setback in Michigan. You know what? We're still going to get through it. 
We're still going to overcome. We are still going to arise. Let me tell you something. 2020 is not over. There's still a lot left in 2020. And God can do, do more in one month than we could do an entire year. I mean, whenever we put something in God's hands, come on, somebody, you got to learn to put this situation in God's hands. Michigan, we got to learn to put this situation in our hands. I know we're angry at, at, at leadership, and I don't want people to get political right now. If you're able to comment on Facebook or, or YouTube, this isn't about politics. You know, we need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for them. And, uh, but what we do, we put it in God's hand. We can put a couple of loaves of fish in God's hand, and he can feed an entire multitude, thousands of it. Whatever we put in God's hand, he can multiply it. And we can put the rest of 2020 in God's hand. Come on, somebody. How many is going to put 2020, the rest of 2020 in God's hand? Come on, put that in the comments. Say, I'm putting the rest of 2020 in God's hand. Come on, you need to write that. You need to say that. Tell the person next to you. The year's not over yet. And that's exactly what happened in this story. See, there was another man in this story. Come on, there was another man in this story in verse 11. His name, another Bible name. I'm coming, I'm giving away baby names right now. If you don't know what to name your kid, listen, you got three. You had Uzzah, Nachin, and here's another one, Obed-Edom. I love the Bible. It's hilarious. Obed-Edom. This, actually, it, these names, you know, I'm having a little fun with it, but they actually have meaning. Obed-Edom, he's this other guy here. Now, watch this. He saw the same tragedy of this man, Uzzah. He bringing in the Ark of Covenant on the back of this trailer, and it was being pulled by these oxen, and the oxen stumbled. And so the Ark looked like it was going to turn over, and Uzzah grabbed it, and he, and, uh, he died. Now, I, I can, you know, spend all day on why that happened. is because God, and I'll get to that here in just a moment. But David saw it, and now this man Obed-Edom saw it in verse 11. David got angry and didn't want to have nothing to do with God. But Obed-Edom, in verse 11, what did it say? It said, the ark of the Lord remained in his house. He said, I'll take God's presence. I'm angry too. You know, this thing happened and and it's over. I can't control it. But I'm not going to just quit on God. Come on. I'm not going to quit on God. Instead, I'm going to bring the presence of God into my house. I can't, I can't, you know, we can't reopen the church yet. And I'm aggravated at that. I'm ready to do it. And I come to this big, beautiful building, and it's empty, and, you know, just a few of us here, you know, it's, I'm getting anxious. I'm like, come on, but you know what? We can't have church in the building. It's time for we continue to have church in our house. You can bring the presence of God right into your living room, right into your house. Come on. That's exactly what he is doing. And the Bible says that he did that for three months. You know, at the end of May, it will be three months for us here in Michigan that are in this state of lockdown, that are, you know, in this shelter in place and things like that. But Obed-Edom, he said, I'm going to bring the presence of God. Listen, he didn't get better. He, he didn't get bitter. He got better. You know how the old saying is, but listen to this. He didn't get bitter. He got blessed. Because look, when he, when he had the presence of God in his house, it said, and the Lord blessed, look at verse 11, all of his household. His whole family was blessed. Even though he was the only one that brought the ark into his house. You may be the only person in your whole family right now that, are, that is tuning in and watching. You may be the only one in your family that's practicing a pattern of faith. Everybody else is practicing other patterns. But let me tell you something. You continue to practice the pattern of faith. You continue to bring the presence of God into your life and into this situation. He's going to bless you. 
He's going to bless you. Let, let, let me just tell you a little bit about the presence of God. There's a difference between the power of God and the presence of God. One of our core values of a church is his presence. That's our first one, right? It says right there on our website, on all of our social media platforms, his presence, his promises, all people. That's what our church is all about. Everything we do as a ministry is guided by those three core values. Number one is his presence. It's all about his presence. When we have worship, it's not about music and entertaining. It's about you engaging into his presence. When I'm preaching the word right now, sometimes I get a lot worked up. Sometimes, what, however I preach, it, it don't matter. It's not style. I'm not into style. One thing I am uh, into is the presence of God impacting your life. But there's a difference between the power of God and the presence of God. The power reveals what he can do for you. The presence reveals who he is. The power of God reveals what he can do for you, but his presence reveals who he is. And it's not about what he can do for us. You know, in relationships, if somebody is in a relationship just for what the other person can do for them, you know, we got names for that. We call them gold diggers. Come on, we, you know, you're just into this for that. We got all, you know, we, we don't like that. You, you want people when you're in a relationship that want to be in it because they love you, because of who you are. And that's what Oban Edom did. He said, I want the Ark of the Covenant in here because I, I want his presence. And let me just tell you something. When you get his presence, you'll see his power. As, as it says, he was blessed. But he was blessed because he didn't seek the power. He sought after his presence. Come on, how many want his presence today? How many want his presence today? Put that in the chat and say, I still want his presence. Come on, if you're watching on our, on our webpage, uh, just say it out loud. I, I want his presence. I want to be a people of his presence. Come on, right there in your living room. You want to be a people of his presence. Just lift your hand and say, God, I want your presence in this house. Come on. I'll just say it right there in your living room, right there in your apartment, right there in your house. I want your presence in this house. Amen. And the second thing about the power and his presence, his power touches our lives. His presence transforms our lives. Come on, that's good. His power, nothing wrong with the power. I'm all about the power of God. I am standing in front of you today because the power of God broke addiction off of my life. And I'm standing in front of you today sober and clean and loving it all because of the power of God. But listen, his power touches our lives, but his presence transforms us. I'm standing in front of you 23 years now, still clean and sober and loving it. Because why? Not because of the power, but because of his presence transformed who I am. Many people were touched by the power of God in Jesus' ministry. Jesus healed people all the time. He would heal a leper. He would open blinded eyes. But they never followed him. They just went back. Many of them went back to their old life. But his, his apostles, they didn't really get healed except for Peter's mother-in-law. Reminded of a joke that this is... <laughs> This is why Peter betrayed Jesus is because he healed his mother-in-law. Okay, I had, I had to get that out. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I know, amen. I, I can hear you all. Come on, Pastor Eddie, though, amen. By the way, yesterday I was able to stop by and see some of our guys here doing some landscaping, and you guys know who you are. I said, we were talking, and just to hear you guys laugh and give a response to some of the things we were talking about, it felt so good. And I thank you for your encouraging words. You told me, even though you can't hear me, laughing and amen in you 
uh, we're doing it. And so um, by faith, you guys are cracking up at that joke right there. Okay, back to what we were saying. And many of the, the apostles didn't really see the power of getting healed or anything, but listen, their lives were transformed by his presence, and they changed the world. So you may be listening right now and say, what, what, what do you mean his presence? Give me some practical things. Let me give you a practical way to see the presence of God demonstrated in your life. How you spell the presence of God is T-I-M-E. Time. Oban Edom said, I'm going to take time and I'm going to bring his presence into my house. As you and I spend time in the Bible. As you and I spend time in worship, spend time in prayer, he begins to redirect the patterns of our thinking. Listen, your views on life, your views politically even, your views on everything, as you get into the presence of God, they don't become more one-way American, Eastern, Western mindset. They become inspired by the Holy Spirit, and that's what we all need. That's what will bring you out of a bad place. That will bring you out of depression. That will bring you out of anxiety. What will? His presence. His presence transforms our life. And it's by spending time in the word of God, by, by letting the word and get into your spirit and get into your soul and, and just begin to uh, make your mind new again and renewed. And that's what happened to open Edom here. He said, i got to spend three months not being able to go to the temple of God. And I thought we were ready. We were bringing in the presence, man. They had thousands of people down there waiting to, to celebrate. And then this, this setback happened, a serious one. David went one way, but Obanedom went the other way. Which are you going to do? And the Bible says in verse 12, Now it was told to King David that the Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And all of his belongings, look at verse 12, because of the ark of God. So look at David. So David then got up and he went and he got the ark of the covenant. Listen, David heard, people heard about Oban. Everybody else was upset, but they, they began to look out of the living room and they looked over to Oban Edom's house and they began to see, oh man, they got, they got new curtains on the house. Oh, wow, Oban Edom, man, he, he's got a new car sitting in the driveway. Man, he's uh, everybody else is, is, is falling off, man, and getting off into this bad place. But Obanito, man, he, man, he's got joy. Every time I see him, he's in a good mood. I mean, what is going on? What does he have that we don't have? And then the word got out and said, he's got the Ark of the Covenant. He's got the presence of God. Come on, somebody. He's got the presence of God in his living room. And that made everybody else, including King David, begin to say, hey, man, I'm going to come out of being angry. I'm going to come out of being bitter. And I want what he has. Come on, people are watching us right now, especially here in Michigan. People are watching how we're going to react. And it's okay to be upset and, and let our voice be heard. And we want to protest. And I understand that. But we need to make sure that we are walking in, in the ways that God has called us to walk with the presence of the Lord. And it ended up causing King David to say, man, I want what he has. And lastly, in verse 13, it says, now when those that were carrying the ark of the Lord, what do you mean those that were carrying the ark of the Lord? You see, since something else happened during those three months, during that setback. And that is King David realized that the way he was bringing the ark into the city of Jerusalem was actually the wrong way. God told him, don't, don't carry the ark of God on the back of a cart. 
God said, if you're going to carry this Ark of the Covenant, I want it on the shoulders of the priests. Why? Because God wants to be with his people. He, it, wants to be, it, it was uh, instructed as a law to be touching the shoulders of his people. God, God is a personal God. He, he don't want us to just hook up to him like a trailer when we have things that are going bad. I want to drag him out like, like a camper during camping season and then put it back behind the garage for the rest of the year. That, that, God said don't do that, and that's why it stumbled, and that's why the whole tragedy took place. And So here's the point. During the three months, David made some final adjustments. And can I tell you, we're getting ready to come out of this quarantine in Michigan. I really believe it. Let me encourage you. You might need to make some final adjustments in your life. You know, maybe you've been watching us since we've been live streaming and you're getting closer to God and you're wanting God. Uh, have you got a Bible yet? Let me, let me just tell you, man. I mean, it's time to make some final adjustments because as we get back to life, it's going to become busy again. Let's make sure that we are making these final adjustments, getting ready to come out of this thing meaning that we're going to have God. You got to make room for God. You got to make room for God. And that's what Oban Edom did. He made room for the presence of God in his living room. When I became a Christian and I'm going to close with this and then I'm going to pray for you. When I became a Christian, uh, one of the first things I did is I went down in my basement in my house. It was set up as a party house, man. That's where my house was. It was where we did Everything. I had my I had drugs down there, I had alcohol, everything, man. And that was my life. And when I became a Christian, man, I, I said, I want the presence of God in my house. My kids were little, and I didn't want them getting down there and getting into dad's stash and all of that. I mean, that's the where my story was. You may have a different story. This was my story. One of the first things I did is, man, I got rid of everything down in that basement that would offend God. I got rid of everything. Why? Because I wanted the, the Ark of the Covenant down there. I wanted the presence of God down there. You know, I kept the pool table, and we would have, we started having good times out there without the drugs. I got rid of everything that I had hidden up in the rafters. I, I poured it all out and put it down the toilet. What, what, I, I was making room for the presence of God. We, we call that, you know how when you get in a serious relationship, and I, I've done a lot of weddings, and in the ceremony, you will have them say their vows, and they say, for sickness, in sickness and in health, for better, for worse, until death do us part. And then they say this, many of them, and forsaken all others, I vow to you. Forsaken all others. What's happening? The two are not going to be messing around with any other relationships. They are now committed to one. And let me just leave you with that. That's what God is wanting during this quarantine. This is, it's been extended a little bit more in Michigan. Maybe that's God's way of saying, hey, just a couple more weeks of me and you making a commitment that I don't want you to date me. I don't want you to put me on a cart. I want you to come on. Don't just, don't just date me. I want you to marry me. I want to be in covenant with you. I want to be number one in your life. We call that breaking up with the devil. What I did in my basement, I broke up with the devil. I got rid of all of those things, and, and I replaced uh, uh, all of that with good godly things and I would have devotions down there. I would take communion down there by myself. I begin to read the Bible down there. My friends would come over. We have Bible studies down there, and my kids could come down there for once when I was down there and wouldn't worry about them getting into anything. I ripped off all the posters that I had of, uh, you know, half-naked ladies, to be honest with you, and things that were kind of inappropriate that I had taken off all the other liquor stores in e-course. Shout out to E-Course. And many of the owners gave them to me because we were friends. And they would say, you know, Eddie, I got this old post. Anyway, that's how my house was because that was the atmosphere and the environment that I was in. And I wanted to change that because of the presence of God. 
That's what I'm talking about here today. Let's get in the presence of God. We go out and enjoy this beautiful day today. God can be with you. His presence is there. His presence is with me when we go outside and you look at this beautiful day that he's given us. But he's also with us in the rainy days. You may be watching this later and it's a rainy day. Let me tell you something. When you got God's presence, you're still going to be blessed. You're still going to be blessed. Amen. Let me pray for you as we close up right now. And if you're here and you need to accept Jesus Christ into your life, and you want to bring his covenant, his, his presence into your life, man, you can say, Pastor Eddie, I got some of these other things that I need to get rid of in my life. Well, it's not about cleaning yourself up before God can come in. That's not what I'm saying. God loves you just the way you are, but his presence transforms you so you're no longer the way you are. And he starts, it starts by saying, Jesus, come into my life. Give me the power. Give me the strength. Give me the desire like David did to make some adjustments and carry the presence of God the right way. And the, by the way, the Bible says that they had a party. David began to dance. He began to dance with all of his might when they brought the Ark of the, of the Covenant in the right way. God began to bless their life, and God's going to bless your life. Man, you thought you had some good times out there. Let me tell you something. You ain't seen nothing when the presence of God is in your life. And we're going to have church, and this place is going to be full again, not only of just people but the excitement of what God is doing in our life. Amen? But it starts with this prayer. And you, you, if you need to invite Jesus Christ into your life, I want you to say this with me. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Come into my life today. Forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me clean. Give me the strength to get rid of things in my life that are not pleasing to you. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I thank you for joining us once again. I pray this blessed you and helped you that we need to not get angry, but to get blessed. Not get bitter, but get blessed. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.